Well, greetings, greetings, and a welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your gracious host, your double E, Ina Esco. This podcast intersects art, culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis flair. And today I have a good, good friend of mine in the building with me for a second time. However, we are live today at Cossett Library. I am talking about actor and social entrepreneur, Wody on (laughs) P-Valley. And he's also a community advocate with Mama Sundry. I'm talking about Bertram Williams Jr. Let's give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. How are you, Bertram? Thank you so much, Ina. I am doing great. I am so happy to be here with you. It's always a pleasure to get to hang out and yes. talk about the things we care about. And it's super cool to be able to do it in Cossett Library. Like yes. this space is beautiful. They've done a wonderful job creating a space for a community. So I'm happy to be able to participate in a little bit of that today. Indeed. So much history right here. That's a fact. That's a fact. Big facts. And, you know, another name that you have that I did not introduce you as, but I'm going to mention it now, is Big Pharma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we see it on your hat. Don't play with it. Big Pharma. Who uh, is Big Pharma, Bertram? Big Pharma is here for the people. The people need Big Pharma because he tells the truth. He is here to help people reconnect with the land. He's here to help people eat more healthily and live more sustainably. And we making it cool. My wife likes to say we making sustainability sexy. You know what I mean? Yes, you and guys that's what, are. That's what Big Farm is all about. You feel me? I yeah. feel you. I feel and you. Big, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, go ahead. I'm, you know, but when I get in the Big Pharma mode, it's like an alter ego. You know what I'm saying? So I it have to is. reel it in. But uh, Big Farm, he's also a rapper, arguably the hardest rapper out. You know, Big Farmer, a rapper. Oh uh, yeah, Big Farmer. He uh, he doing things that a lot of people scared to do. You know what I mean? Let's tell the truth. Speak okay. positivity. You know what I mean? Speak love. Speak life. Oh wow! And, and I'm hard. You know what I'm saying? Well, I drop you, bars. You feel look, me? Look, I've been seeing you and Cucumber Gang online. Oh yeah, yeah, Cucumber Gang. Don't play. <laughs> Speaking of cucumbers, I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually brought you some from the garden. Oh hood, really? Thank you. Pull this out for you. This is straight from the garden in South Memphis. Because, you know, Big Pharma come bearing gifts. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Homegrown Yes, these are going in the salad. You know? Yeah. Oh, these are nice. I know they are. Because Big Pharma grew them. Don't play with Big Pharma. And look, the the gifts just keep on coming because I also brought you this grocery tote. This is a Mama's Sundry. Uh, Mama's Market bag. Oh, Turn that wow. around. They got a little stain on the back on the way I here. Love so it. don't show that side. I love it. But it's a six pocket tote, super durable. Yes. And so, yeah, I brought that for you because we love you. We appreciate you. And that's, a, you know, that's what Big Pharma do. I'm Thank trying to you, Big Pharma. connect people with the tools they need, the food they need. Because that's, you know. Well, you know what, Big Pharma, um, Bertram, I started a garden. Uh, me and my husband actually started this garden two years ago. Um, and we have cucumber. They haven't come up just yet, but it's really, you know, the vines are sprouting and things like that. Yep, yep. We got squash, the zucchini acting crazy. They haven't come up yet. Right. Tomatoes are sprouting right now. They're going to pop. Mm. Watermelon um, sprouting. But we love getting in the garden, getting our hands dirty. And yeah. what's even better is when we eat the veggies that we planted. It's yeah. something about it. it. It's the taste. It's okay. We actually put this in the ground and watched it grow. And 
you know, can exactly. actually, it's super we know it, it's not any chemicals in it. Right, right, right. Like, it's a different feeling. Yeah, yeah. Not only do you get the fulfillment of having, like you say, planted the seed and watch it mature and mm-hmm. become something that you can consume, but you know it's quality stuff, too. And I'm sure the stuff y'all have grown tastes better than what you get from Kroger. Much better. Mm-hmm. Much better. It ain't got the wax on it, like you say, none Ooh. of the pesticides. And that's why we want more people to be growing food and starting gardens and thinking about the way we consume too because yes. like if we don't get serious about it and get vocal about it the market will continue to produce the things that are ultimately harming us you know what i mean yes mm-hmm. now why is food justice such a passionate and personal mission for you yeah i think it's really simple we need to eat to live you know mm-hmm. and i feel like in about two generations or over the course of two generations, we've forgotten what it means to really eat well and to really be empowered in thinking about how we eat and what we eat. And so food justice then becomes paramount for me and really lending voice to that issue because, you know, we have become numb to it. We've gotten used to the systems as they are. And so, you know, through this work with Big Farmer, through Mama Sundry, I work with Memphis Till and a range of partners that we are doing community with. We are really just trying to wake folks up and say, remember, like you deserve to eat well and you have the power to grow your own stuff. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What does the landscape of Memphis look like for food justice? Yeah, so there are some people doing really, really um, incredibly inspiring work. I think about our friends over at Black Seeds Urban Farms. They represent what I feel like the real opportunity is, and that is to, like, repurpose what is technically abandoned land in the intercity, being able to, you know, show that with a little bit of soil and a little bit of intention, we can produce food that can feed people in spaces that have technically been forgotten about Mm -hmm. or that may not be deemed valuable. And so, you know, I, I find incredible inspiration uh, from them. Uh, Memphis Tilt is another group that we work closely with that is really more so focused on organizing and empowering farmers. And so those are folks working at a slightly larger scale that might be on a few acres that are growing for the market. And what is true in Memphis is that, you know, there are some black farmers that need support, they need connection to consumers. And so Memphis Tilt is helping those farmers of color really grow as uh, producers. Mm -hmm. And so um, the landscape on the flip side of that though, like while there are some positives, we do see, for example, we got young neighbors who on any given morning, and we might've talked about this before, but we'd see them walking to the school bus, eating a bag of Takis. And that represents a huge void or a huge opportunity for us to replace those Takis with some cucumbers. Yes. You know what I mean? And so um, there are a lot of people who I think deserve this information and connection to folks like Black Seeds and Memphis too and the farmers in that network. And so, you know, we're just going to keep screaming about it and making songs about it and talking about it on podcasts until it's the conversation. Yes. Now, you mentioned kids because it seems like the kids have really gravitated to this persona of Big Farmer that you have created. Why do you think that? Well, you know, the culture dictates how we show up. You know, as a youth, the music I listened to was very influential uh, as it relates to how I dressed how I navigate a relationship, the things I consumed, you know. I think about 
uh, Young Jeezy, when he came out with, the, and I'm kind of snitching on myself a little bit, <laughs> but uh, he had the song talking about the Incredible Hulk. I think that was Jeezy, where you mix, he tell you what alcohols to mix mm-hmm. together. I that think it was Mad Dog 2020, or, I think. Nah, that wasn't that. Wasn't that. I, didn't do, I didn't do the mad. <laughs> well, I, I ain't going to say I didn't do it, but. Hennessy and something else. And hypnotic, yeah. And hypnotic. I said Mad Dog 2020. (laughs) And it's like those, you know, um, what are essentially like influences dictate how we show up. And so what I'm looking to do with Big Pharma, you know, it's like, yeah, they talked about drinking liquor for 20 years, but now with Big Pharma, we drinking alkaline water. You know what I'm saying? Alkaline water. Shoot, I got the deal with uh, Fresh Pure Waters. It's a team out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they actually got the... um, those water filtration systems in a lot of Whole Foods. So if you go in Whole Foods, you'll see them on the water aisle where you can fill up your own bottle with alkaline water, distilled water. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing with big farmers, like saying, yeah, you could go, you know, you can sip your little stuff if that's what you want to do on Saturday, but six days after we drink you some alkaline water. You know alkaline what I'm saying? water. Why yeah. alkaline water and not the Kroger brand water? That's because w- w- that's what my wife told me is good for me. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, our bodies are supposed to be alkaline, like the balance between acidity and alkalinity. And mm-hmm. so, alkaline water helps you find that balance. Gotcha. Well, that's what I've been told. That's what you've been told. Yeah. You believe it, too, don't I do. I drink it faithfully, and it's good, and I feel good. It do. I, I it do smarter. taste good. My mm-hmm. husband loves alkaline water. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole science behind this. Yeah, yeah. I'm still learning. And I yeah. think... That's the cool thing, too, about this season is, like, I'm not approaching none of this like an expert, like mm-hmm. me and the folks in my family, my community. We literally just want to learn with other folks, learn together, mm-hmm. share what we're learning along the way. But we ain't never trying to come like we are professionals or experts. If anything, we are, like, experts at learning, not claiming yes. expert expertise in the knowledge or in the space. Okay. Well, Big Pharma, something that I know you mentioned is, you know, Big Pharma raps oh, and yeah. creates music. Oh, yeah. That's I heard you had a, a track out in oh. these farming streets. So, look, I knew I was coming to see the legend <laughs> Ina Esco. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a people a treat, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have been in the lab. I've been working. Uh, my wife, my boy, Ralph Calhoun, you know, we, we've been down at the studio. What's up, Ralph? What's up, Taliba? Yeah, shout out, Ralph. Shout out, Taliba. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, man, I got some stuff. And I'm, I'm going to give y'all a little sample today. You know okay, what I'm saying? Since we, okay. we talking about being verbally effective. You know, yes. I'm, I'm going to do that on the track. You know what I'm do saying? Do it on the track. Big, Big Pharma, Pharma style, yeah. Okay, what's the track? What's the name of the song we got today? Uh, it's called Big Pharma Said because Big, Big Pharma, Pharma is spitting facts. Big Pharma trying to put people on game, tell folks the truth. And so, yeah, that's how we coming today. Big Pharma said the single will be out July 4th. You know what I'm saying? Right July in time for, oh, Independence. for Independence Day. Yeah. All right. Well, DJ Evolution, <laughs> drop that Big Pharma junk. Disclaimer, this is not mixed. <laughs> Let's check it out. Yeah. Let's go. Turn that up. Turn that up. Oh, wow. <laughs> if Big Pharma said it, then it's a big fact. They saying Big Pharma said this. They saying Big Pharma said that. But one thing you know for sure, if Big Pharma said it, then it's a big fact. Josephine Baker, let's go. Oh, my. They saying Big Pharma said that. But one thing you know for sure, if Big Pharma said it, then it's a big fact. They saying Big Pharma said this. They saying Big Pharma said that. 
But one thing you know for sure, if Big Pharma said it, then it's a big fact. Let's it's go, let's big go. Big facts, big facts, Big Pharma, big facts. Yeah. I like it. I, what y'all think? Yeah. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> nice job. I needed y'all to hear. And, and so the one that comes out on July 4th, it's going to be like, you know, fantastic. The mix is going to be just right. But I'm most proud of the rooster. Uh, crow that you hear at the beginning of the song. That's my tag. That's your tag. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So okay. whenever you hear that, you need to get excited. You know, but big you know it, it, that that beat, the production to me has like that Memphis feel. Oh, I mean, you know how I'm coming, Big Farm, straight yeah, south Memphis. Yeah, that was Memphis. That was Memphis. Big Farmer sure. said this. Big Farmer said that. Come on, it's fact. What he said? <laughs> I think when you put it out, the kids will love it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to come hard on the video, too. Maybe we can talk about that yes. a little bit later. We'll figure out how to shoot some here at the library or something. You know that would I mean? be great. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> now, other than your work with food justice, land stewardship, um, I know that you are on a, on a little break right now from television. Is that right? Yes, this is true. Yes. Just a little minor break. Yeah. Uh, we know you Television is on a break from television. Television is on a break with the writer's strike. Right. Therefore, this has maybe halted plans to shoot season three of Stars P Valley. That's correct. So how do you feel about that? You know, I'm finding the silver lining in that, like, I'm excited to get back and film. I really miss the cast. I Mm -hmm. miss that type of work. Um, But I also feel like it has given me an opportunity to do stuff like this. You know, it has created a little more space for us to dig our heels a a little deeper in the, you know, Memphis soil and show folks that we are really committed to, you know, the work that we are all uh, so passionate about. And so, you know, I'm thankful to have a little bit more time, right? Because Mm -hmm. once I'm out, I'm out, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. having to focus on that. And so um, I also feel like, just for the industry itself, for TV and film, like, we support the writers. And as much time as it takes, like, we want them to make the industry more fair for people throughout the entirety of it. And so, for that reason, too, it's like I feel good about the time. It's necessary. We got to support. We got to be willing to challenge the powers that be. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for those reasons, like, I'm staying positive. Um, and I feel like everybody will be all the better after this season of, you know, somewhat uh, the season of tension. Yeah, because it's really like we don't see an end just yet. We it's we have no idea. Yeah. How much longer this will be? Yeah, I I feel like there is a sense that it, it's coming to a close just based on some of the conversations I've been having mm-hmm. uh, but you're right we don't have a date and so with that it's like just still up in the air but everybody that I've talked to is hopeful and I'm almost sure that we'll be back to work soon. So this means you have not even seen a script or anything have an idea or inkling about what Wody how he will approach season three or have you? I haven't, do you? I haven't seen a thing. I got some hopes, you know. <laughs> he got some hopes. And I've, I've talked to a few people who are fans of the show, and they have theories, which mm-hmm. I always love to hear. And, like, I heard some recently that had me like, okay, yeah, that would actually make a lot of sense. Like, mm. uh, you need to be in the writer's room type mm-hmm. stuff. But, uh, but, no, I haven't read anything or gotten any real clues, no. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, let's kind of dig into that a little bit, your character of Woe. 
Wody. How similar is Wody? Are there any similarities with Wody and Bertram Williams Jr. in any kind of way? Um, you know, as it relates to disposition, I do feel like we share a similar quality in being somewhat even killed. I think we both have a kind of sarcastic or even dark sense of humor which, uh, um, you know, is fun to play with on the show. Um, I also think that, you know, Wody as a character is somebody who, through pain and having seen some, you know, maybe struggle within his family or working as the character does in a funeral home, having been so close to, like, sorrow and other people's trauma, I do think he has a unique lens with which he kind of shares wisdom and understands the way the world works. And, you know, I think we can relate being from Memphis. It's like we have unfortunately had to really show up and explore like the deepest and darkest parts of ourselves to keep showing up, you know, and keep showing up for the people that we love. And so, you know, I, I think that Bertram and Wody share some similarities there too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you had a, a somewhat of a dark sense of humor sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is, yes, this is true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so how has playing the role changed your perspective on on life in any kind of way? Hmm. Firstly, just as a performer, giving myself over to the role, I've had to really challenge the doubt that I've dealt with just as a man and artist because you know as a creative how easy it is to get tough on yourself and to critique yourself too hard and there have been moments when I'm showing up for work as Wody that I have to really have those conversations that get my mind right and allow me to think positively to think about what's possible and not from a place of lack or one that suggests what I don't deserve and so uh, Wody has taught me that just by showing up for work you know but as a character I think that Wody embodies a type of love that as a community member I want like I want to practice more because in the show uh, Wody, who is a really good friend and business partner with Lil Murder, who is in the same-sex relationship that becomes a, a challenge for them, so they think as it relates to the work that they are trying to do in music. And so, in my mind, Mo- Wody displays what it means to love on your people, no matter what. And so, I've been trying to working hard to embody that more and more uh, with the people I love and, and, and make it known that I love them no matter what. Yes, I can see that. I can see that. Mm. Um, How has the cast been doing? Have you been talking with them? Yeah, I keep up with everybody. In fact, we are um, working on a separate project that we can't really talk about with uh, Uncle Clifford, whose real name is Nico. And so Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to him, we catch up uh, with Katori Hall, the writer and showrunner we've had. My wife, Talib, and I had the opportunity to, you know, hang out with her at her family home because, you know, she's from Memphis. From Memphis. Um, I guess the last time we all really hung out, which was super cool, and I got some Jackson, Mississippi folks uh, in the house, so Kel, um, who um, were around for 
uh, Jackson State's last football homecoming. So we went down as a cast and got to hang out. That was a little while ago now, but with uh, Coach Deion Sanders, yes. prime time, and that was cool um, to all be in this space together. But, yeah, we love each other. There have been a lot of opportunities and uh, chances to shine a light on the show as of late, which is cool, too, in spite of it not being on. And so, yeah, we, we still tight. Yes, that's a good thing. Well, I hope the writer's strike in soon so you guys can move forward with shooting season three and at this time we're gonna dip and dive into esco's pop talk and oh. talk about a few current events oh, this is that have been underway uh not sure if you know you know this or not but drake yeah. he just he's probably still in memphis uh-huh. and that. received a key to the city of memphis yeah now we do know that uh drake's father uh is from memphis That's i right. think drake spent a little time here mm-hmm. when he was younger but one of the interesting things to me you know i'm a huge drake fan he's a fabulous performer but i do share some of the sentiments of a lot of what people have been commenting about about him receiving the key mm. because they're saying that, you know, what contributions have he really made to Memphis? Like, there's so many amazing people out here really putting a dent and an impact out here. What has Drake done? Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. feel about this, Bertram? You know, yeah, I think it's twofold, right? I do think that that voice or that line of critique suggests that we as a city should be thinking more intentionally about how we celebrate the people that might deserve an accolade like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for, and it, to be clear, I think it was the county government. He got county, a key Shelby to the county. county. Shelby, county. Shelby county. county. And so for folks who are on that commission or in that mayor's office, I do think it's smart to think about how we honor more heroes, like the folks who run our libraries, the folks who are making good art or have beautiful stories or doing phenomenal artwork around town. And so I think that, you know, that's a separate conversation that a lot of that angst is rooted in I personally think is cool Mm -hmm. Drake is arguably one of the biggest stars in the universe right Mm -hmm. and so for him to have a connection to the town even if he has yet to really build a school or Mm -hmm. start another professional sports team or bring a sports team here I think that that little show of support and affirmation might endear him in such a way that he'll be inclined to do more you know what I mean this might make him yeah think about things in a different light yeah and I think that you know no matter what, he's still technically a son of the city who has done some phenomenal stuff, the likes of which ain't nobody here done. And when he passing through, I feel like we need to show Drake some love. You know, yeah. I ain't, you know, you know, we, we really, we really from Memphis. We don't do no hating. You know what I'm saying? We don't throw no salt. You know what I'm saying? And so I would say that to all the naysayers, like stop throwing, stop throwing salt. It was on wild. Drake in the county. I know, I saw him, and I, and I feel like that. Um, again, is rooted in this knowing that there are more people that deserve that type of love. And so, if anything, I think we should transmute that and think about the people who come to mind that we feel like should have got that key. Mm -hmm. And instead, we can stop talking about Drake and the county for doing it and show them folks some love. Boom. Yeah. I got you. I mm. got you. Did you hang out with Drake while he's been here? You know what? He called me. He called. But you. I was, I, I was, I was in the farm. I was on the farm, and I was like, man, 
I would pull up to Rail Garden. I think they were at Rail Garden. I, I, I got to get these tomatoes, though. Right. But I bring it some. And so he was he was like, cool, cool. You know, okay, so, cool. Yeah. I and, hear you. And, and it's one of them things. It's tough because he, he really been trying to recruit me as Big Farmer to come to OVO. I'm sure because you rapping. You got skills. Exactly. And I'm like, nah, it's cool. I know you, you know, at the top of the game. But I'm trying to stay independent. You know what I mean? And yes. so it's, it's tough. But. Okay. Okay. Also in Esco's Pop Talk, something that is really heated right now in Memphis because we're getting closer and closer to the mayoral <laughs> vote. You're like, Ina, you, oh, you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you dip and dive into politics, Bertram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a... We're going to tackle it the best way <laughs> we can. No, yeah, <laughs> and there are quite a few candidates, yeah. right? Um, and, and, hey, they texted my phone at this point mm-hmm. trying to get a donation um, because that's where we are in the mayoral race for Memphis. And I think we have upwards of 12 to 15 candidates so far. And th- there have been forums. There have been debates. Not with all of them participating. I think there are some of the candidates, we still don't know their point of view on major issues in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, are you involved in any of the campaigning or um, interest in this mayoral yeah, race so, coming up? You know, like every Memphian, like I have interests and I want our city to progress in a way that is, you know, most productive and really in a way that really benefits folks from the town. And I also consider it a, a, a benefit to know most of the, a lot of folks who are running and have personal relationships with them. And, you know, when I think about this number of candidates, it is a little bit like, <laughs> of a, you know, it's a stress point for me because I feel like what, happens in situations like this is like folks operating from a place of ego or maybe a little power hungry and might be vying for a position that they aren't really suited for you know which is true for maybe half of them and then there's another half who have you know really good intentions and track records that you know would set them up to be great leaders and my hope is that you know, before, you know, we get too far into the election, you know, some of these early polls will help us to get clear about who, you know, the front runners are and that these additional candidates who are passionate Memphians will find ways to support, you know, the candidates that are left. Um, You know, as for favorites, you know, I'll go on record and say that based on what you know, my limited understanding, I'll call it. I feel like Paul Young, if I'm being honest, is equipped to really steer the city in the direction that we need to go. And I should also say, and I might regret this, but my, um, yeah, we're going, okay. Go ahead. Um, Go Big Farmer. I 
I also really believe like in the convictions that Van Turner, for example, has modeled for us doing some of his social justice work. And so my hope is that we can find ways for folks like them to like to work more intimately together, you know, yeah. because I, I, I genuinely feel like we are better together. I think about the OG J.W. Gibson, who is a business tycoon, right? Yes. Somebody who I have a crazy amount of respect for, and I wonder how you know his insights might also serve uh, either as the leader of the city or in support of whoever the leader is. And so, yeah, more my my platform. I'm on the campaign trail for unity. How do we get smart about being unified and not fall victim as a city to like the politics of old? And I ain't going to say nothing more. Yeah, the politics of old run heavy in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's one thing we know for sure. Uh, Do you, Big Pharma, have sights on the the seat as mayor of Memphis (laughs) in the future? No, no, I wouldn't say that. But I will say this, and this, I guess, speaks to like the the city leadership conversation, there are cities like uh, Philly and Atlanta that have uh, directors of urban agriculture. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about, again, how we use space within the city to think about our food issues and opportunities. And so if anything, I would be supporting a mayoral candidate in their office and thinking about how we institute positions like that that help us address a problem that isn't as I understand it being addressed from the city level right now gotcha Mm -hmm. now were you keeping up with all the rave with this titan submersible that imploded yeah over there with by the titanic well no I wouldn't say I was keeping up with it but of course I heard about it yeah oh my I was Uh, watching it on my tiktok timeline like trying to see what happened with these people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I was just tuned I was trying to see if you were you know I think it's unfortunate uh two things are unfortunate one that you know, those people lost their lives and those families lost their family members. But I also think it's unfortunate that we got resources to waste like that. And they go to, you know, to endeavors like that. And so mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm not too torn up about it other than like uh, hoping that people might see through the illegitimacy of, you know, can I cuss on like BS? Like go that? ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, because quite a few of them um, just looking and, and I was more tuned in before we knew the result of what happened with the participants. But now I've kind of backed up off of it. Yeah. But just looking at how many times that they actually did those dives, you think about all the money that was spent towards these expeditions. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, uh Seeing what people think is valuable and how yeah. they want to, you know, share resources. And so, um, and again, that's no judgment. Like, folks going to do what they want to do. But I do think it does call into question, like, how the most wealthy of us uh, choose to do or use their excess or not use it or waste it. True. You know? mm-hmm. That's big facts. Okay, big that was Esco's Pop Talk. Yeah. And we're going to go into our final conversation, Bertram. Cool. And this is more so focused on art and where you are intentionally about the art space. Um, I'm hearing that you may have a new project coming very soon. 
Yeah, we, we got some <laughs> exciting stuff coming down the pipe. Um, so my wife, to leave this is my like fifth time mentioning her in this thing. <laughs> but she is really making headway in the music scene nationally. Like after, you know, years and years of putting in work, like she's been able to break through. And that is also mm-hmm. setting us up to like have some really cool conversations back home too. And having, you know, wherewithal to think about how we, you know, invest in the music scene in Memphis. And so um, there's one super exciting thing that I can talk just a little bit about. Just a little bit. And then (laughs) (laughs) um, one additional uh, thing that we're excited to invite folks to, you know, think about and participate in is um, firstly... Uh, we've been having a conversation about teaming up or merging with the local studio uh, and Sunstorm Studios over on Madison, formerly Cotton Row. It's Mm a legendary music space. And so um, Taliba and myself and a few of the musicians will essentially be taking up residency there and creating more work and using that space to, you know, collaborate with more musicians in hopes of, you know, developing shows that we could come and perform at Cossett and other venues around town. And um, we are, you know, working uh, with Walter Person over there, Sunstorm, and a few other um, folks in town. Ari Morris is another um, engineer with the beautiful uh, studio space that we've been creating a lot of work in. And so we um, are really, this season, just focused on community focused on creating more points of interaction for folks to make dope stuff and, you know, for us to be really smart about getting that work out, too. Gotcha. Very intentional. Yeah. Uh What about that voiceover work? Because I know you were really focused on that. Yeah, I've been polishing, doing a little bit of self-study, and, yeah, we – through this residency, I'll be launching uh, or relaunching my Patreon channel mm-hmm. where I'm going to explore it. Like uh, originally I called it audio art because, um, and I'm glad you asked that too, because I was on the way here and remembering how pivotal um, my exploration of like binaural beats and you know, positive affirmation meditations mm-hmm. have been in my journey as a person and creative and my listening to these things that, you know, promote, you know, positive thinking, how they have literally helped me change my life. And so what I am doing in this season is thinking about how we create more stuff like that, more content like that, that will help people like feel more grounded, more sure of themselves um, in this season where we got a whole lot of other types of content coming at us. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to get the Patreon back up and to release some, you know, some really uh, what I know will be like beautiful and impactful audio art. Well, we are looking forward to it, Bertram. Uh, We're looking forward to more Mama Sundry's podcast episodes as well. You guys still been working on those? Yeah, so we, in addition to the the Patreon I just mentioned, we will get the, what will be the second season, we'll call it season 2.5 of Mama Sundry Kitchen Talks. We will start recording that actually next month. And so we'll be engaging you. Okay. producer or so, of sorts. I am producing. To make sure we are tight. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm, 
also glad you mentioned that because, you know, through that vehicle, uh, Mama Sundry uh, presents Kitchen Talks. We are really hoping to have more communal conversations, again, about what we consume, how we consume it, uh, what we should buy, what we should avoid, and how we can do food community better. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we're we excited to get that recorded starting next month, and we should have episodes close to the end of July. Yeah. Well, good. We'll be looking out for that. And what's interesting to me about how we consume food, I think about when I was a little girl and my grandmother would try to get us to eat vegetables all the time and we just would refuse. But my kids, they gravitate to it. Mm. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe it's how I present it and they see us growing it in the garden. I know that helps. Mm -hmm. I've also heard that to be the case for like, a lot of young people who, for example, don't even want to eat meat. Like, they prefer vegetables, you yeah. know? They're exposed to more information about... Yeah, I think it's information, and I think that these new babies, you know, just as a people, our consciousness gets updated yeah. over time, and I think they are just aware of some things that they may not even be able to articulate. But I, I do, I, or I am hopeful that, you know, this the generations coming up will lean into, you know, more positive or, or more healthful choices as it relates to food. Yes. And they, yeah, they just seem to be inclined that way. I know we got nieces who, you know, if we give them a sweet treat, plenty of times they've been like, no, Uncle BJ, that's too sweet. Oh, or, yeah, which I know okay. at that age, I would have wanted it as sweet as it could be, you know. Right. So I do think that, um, that, yeah, we should be hopeful. Uh, our babies yes yes we are definitely hopeful and and speaking of this particular generation coming up they are faced with um, how to interpret and work with technology such as artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. do you incorporate that into any of the projects that you undergo yeah I have yet to oh no that's not true I have developed some pitches like for projects Mm -hmm. with the assistance of some AI tools. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like a PowerPoint on steroids, you know. (laughs) And so, you know, it puts some animation stuff in between slides that I wouldn't have thought to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only toyed with stuff like, you know, chat GPT, I think is a popular one. Yeah, that's about as far as I've gone too. Yeah, but there are hundreds. And, you know, when I think about our e-commerce business, I have been you know, thinking or doing a little bit of research about how some of those AI tools will support us, just like with the shopping or the the shopper's experience Mm -hmm. or like on the back end side of our e-commerce store. And so, you know, like they say, the sky's the limit. (laughs) I saw um, Ty Dolla Sign, the singer, Mm -hmm. talking today on video with Big Boy, the radio host, about his toying with uh, being able to have somebody else write a song and record it and him just through AI slap his voice on it, basically. That's what's going on. And so um, it was interesting to hear a creative like that talk about using it in a way that would keep him from literally having to work or sing or write anything. So he's for that. Yeah, he was saying that, um, you know, and it, I think this is the sentiment of a lot of creators, or not nah, some creators that, you know, we might as well develop an understanding of it, um, especially considering that it improves efficiencies mm-hmm. and 
stands to like help you generate more revenue and so definitely you better get it while the getting is good is a lot right. of folks thinking yeah i'm doing some research now on a few different um ai apps that will help you automate things for your brand just mm -hmm. like social media posts uh ideas for podcasting things like that like you said we definitely have to get on board yeah. because that's here now yeah yeah and it's like you know if you think about the dawn of the internet right where somebody would have been like, I don't want to send no email. Like, I prefer to mail my stuff. Oh, yeah. I, that's the only way I know it's going to get there. Mm -hmm. I'm not sending that stuff through no computer. <laughs> that's crazy, you know? Right. And you think about where we are and, you know, yet and still mail, people still have jobs. And now True. I could send you a document in 0. 0.2 seconds and yeah. we are all okay. And so, my, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, the scales will balance out and we'll find the benefit of the AI stuff and ain't no robots going to come and take and all our us. jobs or kill us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You make me think about when cell phones first came out. And I was the first person in my home mm. to get a cell phone. I was actually in college. And I'll never forget my dad said, why do you have that electronic leash I'm like, Daddy, you're going to have one soon, too. Like, we, we need to communicate. It took him a minute, and yeah. he would talk so bad about it. Call my phone an electronic leash. Mm. And, of <laughs> course, my daddy right now to this day on here trying to text so slow, but uh -huh. he has a cell phone. Yeah, he got one, but I think there's also some truth in that. You it know, is an electronic leash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> estimation of it. He called it, with it like he saw it. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, what you mentioned in cell phones and, you know, us just thinking about our physical wellness. Like, I do think that there is data coming out about mm. uh, the frequencies and the, uh, what do they call it, like electromagnetic frequencies mm -hmm. that these phones release and how dangerous they can be, you know, yeah. pressed up against our faces every day. And so... Causing cancer. Causing cancer. And, yeah. you know, not only, or in addition to, like, having our attention you know, for the majority of the day. Messing up so, our eyes. My up our eyesight is horrible. Yeah, I think that all of those things are, you know, some things that we should be concerned about. Um, and yet and still, it's like we have had to be the guinea pigs, unfortunately. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we'll know for the next generation that we'll invest in blue light or blue screen glasses for everybody, every cell phone carrier. And we know what we are learning that we should keep it a little farther away from us, you know, <laughs> as best we can. Cause mm -hmm. I still carry mine in my pocket, but you know, yo, your father, he was speaking some truth. Definitely. And, and he always is. And, Always ahead of his time. But mm. Bertram Williams Jr., a.k.a. Big Pharma, I want to say thank you, thank you for Ina joining Esco. me today in this live setting here at Cossett Library for the Verbally Effective Podcast. This is the first of many series here at Cossett Library. Do you have any final words, Bertram Williams Jr.? Uh, yeah, just, you know, with every step we take, every conversation we have, and you know, remember to love on yourself, to think positively, and really embrace the spirit of unity. Like, we need desperately to be working together now. Mm -hmm. And so getting rid of ego, getting rid of any old beefs, any old tensions, so that we can really do community because, like, we need it right now. Times might get tougher than they are right now. And so, you know, we need to be loving on each other for real. 
Yes, indeed. And keep up the great work that you're doing because you you are really out here Uh doing the work and pushing such positive uh, ideas and concepts and and things we should already be doing and introducing them to the world and to these young men and women. And, And they're looking and they like Big Pharma. Yeah, I mean, Big Pharma got Use it, it as on. a tool. Yeah, Use it sure. as a tool to keep pushing forward, Bertram. I, I sure will. And you do the same. And I'm excited I for will. you and all the stuff that's coming your way, too. Look, <coughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bertram. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I want to send a huge shout-out to one of my good students over there at Lamorne on College, DJ Evolution on the turntables. Yo, yo. Thank you for joining me today. And thank all of you for tuning in yet again to our first live podcast series with none other than Bertram Williams Jr., a.k.a. Big Pharma. Thank you so much, Bertram. Yes, yes, (laughs) y'all.